0: Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Die Hard Minute, where every day, Monday through Friday, movies by Minute hosts talk about one minute of the greatest front walkie-talkie, the 1988 John McTiernan-directed movie Die Hard. I'm Mike Carlucci of Return to Oz Minute. I'm Tierney Steele of Return to Oz Minute and the
1: NeverEnding Minute.
2: And I'm Sean German of the Spinal Tap Minute- and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. And we're here today to talk about Minute 64.
1: Well, I kind of want to talk about what other movies feature front-facing walkie-talkies to see if this actually is the greatest one. But (laughs) it's pretty great, so I guess I'll just go with it for now. (laughs) I don't have any evidence to the contrary. Uh, Minute 64 starts with Hans finishing the But We Must with find the bag we must have the destinators he doesn't say it like that i do a terrible alan rickman <laughs> it ends 60 seconds later with john mclean exhaling cigarette smoke and leaving us hanging with what to call him guys he makes a friend in this minute
2: <laughs> oh they're friends this is
1: a sweet friend minute it starts on a very dramatic note um who is he saying fi- it says like he sounds find the bag fritz or fits that's fits Okay. That's
2: what I thought. But is yeah. Fitz
1: someone he's talking to over the radio or is that AJ from the Sopranos guy?
2: I assume that was the guy on the radio.
1: Okay. So we still don't know okay. AJ's real name. This is the problem of we just name the characters and then I can never remember what their actual names are. Yeah. Okay.
2: But yeah, I think I think Fritz is the guy he's talking to on the radio.
1: Which would make sense with the detonators. Theo <laughs> listens to all. Theo knows everyone's name. <laughs> oh.
2: Fritz is actually played
0: by uh, a gentleman named Hans uh, Berringer.
1: I wonder if that was confusing for him on set.
0: He keeps saying Hans, he, he turns around. They're like, not you, Fritz. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I see. Yeah, the the, the madcap comedy uh, that the, the that's the behind the scenes making of Die Hard. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, I also have a question. So we start to get John's speech about the bad guys, which it's all fantastic, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it. But mm-hmm. I have to question. So they got missiles, automatic weapons, and enough plastic explosives to orbit Arnold Schwarzenegger.
2: Yes. That's what he says. Yeah.
1: What does that mean?
2: <laughs> well, and it seems there's there's two ways to interpret it, and only one maybe makes sense, one definitely does not make sense. And and one is to to orbit Arnold Schwarzenegger means the object is the body that's orbiting around Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it doesn't make sense. I've enough plastic explosives to make you go around Arnold like a small moon. I guess the, the other way of interpreting is that to launch Arnold into orbit.
1: That's the only thing I could think of. Enough plastic explosives to send Arnold Schwarzenegger into orbit around the Earth.
2: Yeah. But how often do we hear orbit as, as a verb to mean to put something into orbit? Usually an, an orbit is the path that an, um, like a moon would take yeah. around the planet. So it's a noun. But to use it as, a, as a, a verb in that sense, to orbit Arnold Schwarzenegger, it is it is a strange phase. But then again, this, you know, hey, he's a, a cop from the nitty gritty streets of the city that never sleeps. You know, he's not a, a rocket scientist here. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Enough plastic explosives to orbit Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: I would like to see some fan art of this.
2: <laughs> I'd like to see the numbers. You know how how much explosives?
1: Oh, what
2: what force would be necessary to launch Arnold Schwarzenegger into orbit? I
1: love it, and not just into space, orbit. Orbit's hard. Orbit. <laughs> <laughs> Orbit's I've seen the enough
2: NASA. I've seen enough. Yeah, yeah, that's not easy to do to uh, to launch a man into space. <laughs> but these guys have enough explosives to do it
1: late and there's only nine of
2: them now <laughs> now yeah uh. now there's some other I- interesting things i have a lot of questions about right. this little this little speech here um i'm gonna assume we're done with the the orbiting and i'm moving on <laughs> so he says they're you know they're well financed and slick because of the well he notes a couple things one the cigarettes, Mm -hmm. and then also the fake IDs. Not not that, you know, the fact that they have missiles doesn't give you a hint. No, they're not well financed because of the missiles or the plastic explosives. You know, they've got fancy cigarettes and good fake IDs. Well... (laughs) Basically, they're... Basically, yeah. they're prep school kids. That's no. why he knows they're to, so well-financed. To
1: be fair, the clothing labels and cigarettes are mostly European.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: The well-financed it comes with the IDs, and I don't have an okay. explanation yeah. for that. But, yeah, the, the clothing and cigarettes, at least I will give him the benefit of, that's why he's saying they're mostly European. Yes. Because so far, that's what he's seen. That little pause before he says cigarettes, is that because he's hearing the sirens for the first time? With
2: you know, uh, yeah, I have that. That's probably my biggest question from this minute. Is is he? And I listen. And I try to see if I can't hear anything that he's listening to because Carl just said "LA's finest" is on you know on it. So
1: oh, he says that after see, the cigarettes yeah. line.
2: Oh, is that after? Yeah, yeah. I I can't, can't figure out why he day. why he pauses. He's look like he's thinking or he's figuring something out just at that moment. But then the next thing he says is cigarettes.
0: But doesn't doesn't John McClane find the cigarettes? Like On he finds guy. some weird yeah. Like he finds some weird brand of cigarettes, right?
2: Yeah. So yeah. they're actually, in, oh the, in the
0: uh, in the bag that he when from the guy he killed.
2: Yeah. So it's not. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's Heinrich. Yeah. So he kills. Yeah. When he kills, he kills Heinrich and Marco, and then he's checking. Uh, he's checking Heinrich and he's checking the labels and the and he mm-hmm. pulls out the cigarettes and they're it's there's actually they're French cigarettes that yep. uh that Heinrich was smoking there. So yeah, he he picked that up and that was on I think it's at the, the 34th floor. They're in the like the boardroom area where uh Nagataki got got yeah. shot.
1: And uh just to completely change the target audience for this diehard podcast, uh he would recognize those because in Gossip Girl, the books where all the teenagers are allowed to smoke, it is a very big deal to get the French cigarettes. They're fancier,
2: uh, even
1: though they're way worse okay. for you because the filters aren't as strong. <laughs> uh, but they make a point of that. Serena is very cool because she has the French cigarettes. Okay. So, and you know, New York, can, you know, he's probably had to tell those girls to move along, so he recognizes <laughs> the packaging right away. Sure. I thought that cuz he pauses, looks over his shoulder and we see the lights from the cop cars. So I was like is he seeing that they've arrived? And that's why he pauses and then he continues with his little story.
2: Maybe, maybe. I'm I'm open to suggestions. I'm open to theories. I have no idea why he why he takes that long dramatic pause there.
1: That's my theory. That's what I'm going with. Okay. He's seeing that the other cops are arriving, it's no longer just him and his buddy. Now, he's gonna not consider them the cavalry <laughs> pretty quickly, but maybe in this moment.
2: Yeah. Well maybe he's thinking because of course by firing on Carl, he you know that 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 Carl is then gonna call in reinforcements mm-hmm. it's almost as if the bad guys want the cops to show up. So maybe he's thinking, wait, yeah, the cops are coming because they shot at the cop car and why did they do that? And that's a little bit of a mystery. But as Han said the previous minute, they're good. No. They're waiting on the FBI. Right? Did was that last minute? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was the so they're
2: they're not worried about the police.
1: Not hmm. even LA's finest.
2: Not even LA's finest.
1: Well, John finds a comfy spot to relax and says one of my favorite uh bits of line it's not the whole line i'm trying to remember what the pg rules are it's not that bad it's not the the worst word of this part when he sits down <laughs> um but beat me if you need to he says you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay yeah. Be mike is frantically like <laughs> i'm just gonna edit this whole part out <laughs>
2: all right We'll just say they're they're B A perpetrators. Yep, yep. And they're here to stay.
1: Yep. Um, we see Carl, and I really want someone to tend to his wound. It's making me a little queasy.
2: Well, yeah, and it's it's a head wound. Yeah. So that's gonna it's gonna bleed. The head doesn't. You can't apply pressure or tourniquet or anything the way you can kind of do with an arm or a leg because there's a there's brain involved and you want blood to get to the b- brain. Um, yeah, but he's, that, he's a tough he's a, guy. He's, a, he's walking no, it off. He needs
1: like so he needs some cotton padding. <laughs> he could press he could press that against that. Yeah. Where where that is. I don't think we're we're that deep that we need to worry about disturbing brain tissue. I think he just needs to get that stitched up.
2: Well, he might have a concussion. You know, if he hit his head it, hard he enough. He should
1: absolutely be checked for concussion.
2: Yeah. We could use an EMT right about now. I'll tell you that.
1: Oh. <laughs> It's come back full circle. <laughs> Almost like an orbit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, and then Carl says what most people probably consider the more iconic line of this minute, light em if you got 'em. Is light that him. where is this movie where that comes from, or was that already a saying? Smoke if you got
2: 'em? I think the saying predates the movie. Okay. But I'm not certain. Certainly smoking predates well 1988
1: yeah. Th- this this scene absolutely tags this movie as 19 well not as 1988 but pre 2005 is that about when that started happening Mm-hmm. now um i'm gonna mention it on this podcast because i want it to spread and i know people who make movies listen to this podcast in the movie hidden figures every time kevin costner is chewing gum is when the historical figure would have smoked please make that a trope because I hate the fact that you now can't show smoking in historical movies when that's what everyone would have been doing. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. historically accurate to portray NASA as a place where no one had cigarettes when, like, the majority of people had cigarettes. (laughs) But I love the idea of have that become a code. Any adult studying it will know what that means when they open up the pack and put a stick of gum in But you're not showing smoking is cool to kids who are too young to, like, realize the historical accuracy of it. So I want that to spread. I've seen it, and, you know, it's not like Hidden Figures with some little indie flick that no one saw. We can make this happen.
2: (laughs) Uh, Sure. One one stick of Wrigley at a time. Yep, We'll make it happen.
1: So, chew them if you got them. (laughs) Uh, but, But this is the sign. They're soulmates. And what I love is he responds way ahead of you partner and they're both cops that means <gasps> something to cops you don't just call someone yeah. partner out of nowhere
2: no oh. they've bonded that's his partner oh. <laughs> well though although he could uh, he is a cop that probably is what he does mean um although he could be like partner in sort of a you know, old timey Hollywood cowboy sense.
1: Yeah, I but, mean, that's what he means. But, but you like probably, it no, you're probably right.
2: He probably does mean it in in the, the the cops, we're working together, we got each other's backs kind of way.
1: Well I wonder if he thinks of that after he says it, because there is kind of this little pause after everything he says in this mm-hmm. scene. Like everything he says, there's a little pause after it. And I like to think that in that minute, he said way ahead of you, and he said partner because he was thinking of Roy Rogers and the Cowboys, but then there's just that little moment where he thinks like, yeah, partner. Yeah,
2: partner.
0: <laughs> well, because a little later, when he's defending Roy Rogers to his boss, mm-hmm. you know, Carl or Al uh, pulls out, you know, <laughs> if if he is what I think he is, you know, and, and then he says, I think he's a cop. But- yeah. You know, it's like if he is the kind of guy, I think he is. I think he so. It's it's sort of subconscious. He's picking up the signs through the walkie talkie as much mm-hmm. as he can. I
2: love it. <laughs> well, and, and he did another thing that that Carl says to give us a hint of how these guys are connecting and and bonding, and and who's picking up from even just this little bit of conversation. He says, "So, what do I call you?" He doesn't say what's your name. Mm. Now there was. And so far, so there was only the brief mention of earlier John says this is a party line,
0: yeah. so we, you know
2: so he knows and and now he's let Carl know that the yeah the um the bad guys have these same radios they're listening in on the same frequency. That was just like a quick, brief mention, and also Carl doesn't know the relationship we know John doesn't want his name getting out because. There's people related to him, mm-hmm. namely his wife among the hostages. so he doesn't want the bad guys that are listening to know his name. Mm-hmm. But Carl doesn't know that, but he has just picked up that, you know what? I'm not even gonna ask what this guy's name is. I just but I've got to call him something. Mm-hmm. So you know, it seems you know Carl's picked up on that very quickly. Love it. But he's and, a great cop.
1: And then we got call me and exhale. And Sean will oh. never know what to call him.
2: <laughs> I'll never know. What do I call this guy? Another cliffhanger. I, sometimes these, the way these minutes come out with the movies, they like cut. It just you wonder: is did the director do that on purpose? Were they timing it, thinking? Oh. in thirty years, someone's going to try to watch this one minute at a time, and I want to like cut because this is like, like almost directly, like right dead center of the movie or close to it. And kind of this new persona that is is coming up that I'm never going to know about, but I think (laughs) is coming. I'm going to presume is coming up the next minute. The the name that that John gives himself so that Mm -hmm. the anyone listening in won't figure out that his wife is among the hostages. Um, You know, I think that's a turning point in the movie. So things are things things have been happening, certainly. Mm -hmm. But other things are going to be happening.
1: This is it's like interesting the time. perfect turning point. You get your little calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Man, they knew what they were doing when they made this movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it turns out this is a pretty good movie, yeah.
1: It's shocking. No, actually, I, I, I'm going to mention, I'm sure like with everyone I talk to, what really made me love this movie was that I had no idea what it was going in. I just, I knew Die Hard was an action movie. That's about, that's all I knew about it. And then my friend comes up to Mm -hmm. me and is like, I've watched this every Christmas for as long as I can remember. You have to see it. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I mentioned uh, to another guest, like, how often does it happen that your friend says, you have to see this movie that I've loved since I was a child because it's so great. And it is great. (laughs) Like that, that never happens that you're just watching. And you're like, I am enjoying myself and this is great, and this holds up, and I'm laughing, and cheering, and everything. So, but this is yeah, our and, little pause. Yeah,
2: <laughs> absolutely. And that's that's why this is such a great holiday movie, that it is, you know, great for all ages. Just kind of following, you know, <laughs> building <ages>. on... If, <laughs> most,
1: yeah, ages. Maybe not all ages. <laughs> yeah. Most ages.
2: Yeah. Well, because a lot of times you, you see one of those kinds of movies as an adult, and it, it doesn't carry through because it's the thing that makes it great is the nostalgia that's built in. Like, yes, this this was a great movie for kids to watch. And then if you grew up with it, you have that emotional feeling so that you still like it as an adult. But it doesn't work if you see it as an adult for the first time. But this works for adults. It works for, um, you know, potty mouth children. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it does hold up. It really is a, a yeah. good movie. Yeah.
1: yeah, And it's not just a stupid action flick. There's a lot more going on, like this blossoming bromance.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and this, it's, it's, it really stands out. I think maybe this is something that's more common uh, these days in the 21st century, 21st century. But back in the 80s, action heroes were action heroes. And, and going to, you know, I know other minutes, I don't know if you guys specifically have talked about, I know it's come up in other minutes, some of the other, actors that were up for this part before it went to um, Bruce Willis and some of the more traditional action heroes like the aforementioned Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and Sylvester Stallone and guys like that. And that was, in the 80s, that was an action movie. It was someone who with big and muscles or it was, you know, Chuck Norris. It was someone who could fight. You didn't have you really didn't have this kind of every man, ordinary guy thrust into the situation where he has to become the hero kind of thing. It's all these action heroes that started as heroes and then we just see the action. So this was kind of a different thing, I think, for for the time. A more, a more complex, a more thoughtful hero who, you know, when the going got tough, he could come through with with just enough action just the action he needed but it wasn't it's certainly not his go-to move it's not his thought like john up to this point he's like i'm gonna chill the cops are here i'm letting them take care of it mm-hmm. and he only steps in when he has to
1: yeah he's hiding yeah i mean that's what he's yeah, doing.
2: He, <laughs> yeah he's hunkered down he's like i'm gonna chill i'm gonna wait for the cavalry the you know la's finest to come in and save me you know he's he's not getting in their way or, or messing up their program you know but when when the time comes when we you know when that program isn't working out and things need to change he's he's gonna you know i think he'll be ready when the time comes yeah so it's a great movie
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i could tell you hate it by the like immediate. with which you said <laughs> yes to coming on <laughs>
2: the yeah the five nanoseconds that i paused before (laughs) i immediately jumped at the chance yeah any 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 opportunity to talk about uh you know carl and and roy and and all the favorites and and fritz and hans and the whole gang
1: (laughs) the whole sometimes we know their names gang uh those were my notes for this minute, because we definitely covered all the questions I had. I don't know <laughs> that we answered them, but you know what? Maybe some things are meant to be left a mystery. Maybe some things are more fun that way.
2: Absolutely. No. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's all I had for for Minute 64 as well. Is there anything you'd like to add, Mike? Just
0: as one little follow-up on our good friend Fritz. Oh. Oh. Uh, this was uh, this was really his only movie. Oh, huh. he was a director for something called Contract Online in two thousand eight. So he took twenty years off.
1: Whoa, 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 wait, and his name is Hans.
0: His name is Hans. Yes. Do we Hans. think
1: this is Hans' life story? You know how they like let them have a role in the movie that's about them so that they can say they were in the movie about them? But then he had to disappear because obviously he's in some crazy protection. Pro- like He could never be known again. Oh. I don't know how you this just... works into the directorial <laughs> debut, but I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there.
2: <laughs> you just blew my mind. <laughs> okay, the
0: description for Contract Online. Oh, it's a short film, mm. 15 minutes long. Just about anything is for sale online. How long before one can buy an assassin online? Or is it already possible?
1: Hans is definitely evil.
0: He's the director and the writer.
1: (gasps) Yes. No, this is his story. Oh my god. We found the real Hans, guys.
2: The real Hans. He
1: was in front of us the whole time. (laughs)
2: You've cracked the case wide open, Tierney. Yes.
1: This is what I'm and, here for. <laughs>
2: and while Hans is Austrian, his
0: short film was French. He's it was according to IMDb.
1: European. Well, which, Had to go get some European. more cigarettes.
0: Yeah, yes. back to hit the cigarettes. Those Hans, the character, smokes the same cigarettes as Hans, the actor who played Fritz. It's, it's all coming together.
1: I've got goosebumps. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, <laughs> all right. I, how are you gonna?
2: How are you gonna top that tomorrow?
1: I was just about to say this actually kind of segues perfectly into plugging our podcast because if you enjoy crazy theories, <laughs> we've got some talk about Missouri and tornadoes and princesses <laughs> over,
0: building half a house.
1: Yeah. Over at (laughs) ReturnToOzMinute.com is where you'll usually find Mike and I hanging out when we're not stuck in Nakatomi Tower here. Uh, I think I just butchered that pronunciation. Nakatomi.
2: Nakatomi.
1: Yeah. Um, I was getting too cocky there for a minute. Uh, But yeah, ReturnToOzMinute.com. Return to Oz is a 1985 film, so it predates this a little bit. It's a Disney sequel to The Wizard of Oz. No singing, no dancing, but Feruza bulk, and a lot of added creepiness. And it's great. It's it's one of those, it's a lot of practical effects, so it doesn't hold up in the same way as this film, but it does still hold up of, like, you can still watch it today and be like, what is going on? This is great. Or this is terrifying. There seem to only be two reactions to this movie uh mike and i come down on the great side in case you couldn't guess by the fact that we do a whole podcast about it
0: minute by minute
1: oh yeah um if you think no 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 that's not for me we will be back tomorrow here at Die Hard minute you can find previous episodes by other hosts at diehardminute.com there's also a twitter handle at Die Hard Minute. And a Facebook page. You can like it there, and then you can join the Podcast Listener's Limo. I love that name. And then if you are looking for other Movies by Minutes podcasts, you can find them all by visiting moviesbyminutes.com for more information. And tomorrow we'll find out what the heck to call this guy on another exciting episode of Die Hard Minute. Sean, I hope you'll be listening. I don't want to leave you hanging too
2: long. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I will have I will have my radio to my ear. Clip it
1: to the front of your shirt. That's the hot oh, yeah. one these days.
2: <laughs> I'll have my MP3 player clip to the front of my shirt like a parasite. Aw. That sounds good. We will see you
1: tomorrow.
0: Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Get your heart on Channel 5.